Hey, yes, Anders, here is your content warning for the week. This week's episode uh, contains discussions of the current political state of the world when it comes to trans people, uh, openly references uh, genocide and uh, Nazi Germany and things of that nature. So uh, it's it's a heavier episode than we tend to do. The, it does end on a note of... Uh, hope and solidarity in community, but if this is literally community, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> but um, if this is not the uh, if this is not the week that you want to be listening to something like that, skip ahead to the next episode, baby. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Hey, Joel? Joel? Yes, Ellie? I'm starting to worry, Joel. I'm starting to worry we'll never make it to the Fireflies. You know, when I lost my daughter, <laughs> and I got real, real depressed. Wait, Joel. <laughs> Are you suddenly, you're okay with talking about, <laughs> talking about Sarah now? I feel like your whole thing was that you didn't want to talk about it, but you're okay now? I'm not okay, but you gotta do what you gotta do. I was gonna say, I learned wow. something that day. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> and what we gotta do right now is get to the fireflies. Wow, Joe, you're actually you're a lot more you're a lot more emotionally available than I think I I'd even realized. Well, I gotta admit something to you, Sarah. Sarah I, I mean, I mean whoa, Ellie. Whoa. I mean Ellie. Oh, I mean Ellie. Oh, no. Oh. It's hey, hey. It's all right, Dad. It's all right. Oh, actually. Listen, this was subtext, but we can just make it text. Well, that's actually what I was going to talk to you about. I actually don't know if I want to go by dad. Oh? Yeah, the, uh, the reason I, uh, the reason I'm so emotionally <laughs> closed off is that I'm actually, uh, I'm actually go by they, them pronouns. I'm actually non-binary. You see, all this stuff happened in 2003, so as you can imagine, it wasn't a big part of the discussion, but. So let me be, let me, let me get this straight. No, get it very gay. Oh, all right, all right. All right. And you know I'm gay, right? Oh. Wait, wait, what? Why are you? Why are you? <laughs> what was that? Did you just say ew? Look, it's fine if people out there in the wastelands are gay, but my daughter. <laughs> I just don't know. All right, so you, you've internalized a lot of stuff. I'm a, southern, I'm a southern man in Texas from 2003. What do you think I was going to be? Well, listen, Joe, uh, you are... I, I totally I validate you as a non-binary person. Oh my I think gosh. you're a great partner, no matter a great uh, a parent partner. You know, partner like partner like pa partner. Like, <laughs> like no, like like partner like partner like pa riding partner. in like. It's an yeah. offensive Texas stereotype. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't do stereotypes. You really, Joe. You really seem to be. <laughs> So wait, I'm the problematic one. You don't want your daughter to be a lesbian, but I'm... I didn't but say I'm... I don't want my daughter to be a lesbian. I simply made a noise when you said you were a lesbian. <laughs> well, now that I know, 
now that I know that you're non-binary, all I can say is I hope you don't do anything that would give bad optics to the trans community. <laughs> well, once they get to the fireflies and save humanity, everyone's going to look at us and go, wow, those queer people really made the difference. <laughs> the last of us slash we coming to HBO <laughs> this summer. Very politically complicated queer story. <laughs> Much more politically complicated than even Neil Druckmann, Neil Druckmann, could ever have imagined. Neil Druckmann, no, stand, <laughs> you, stand. You bow to no one. You bow to no one. After that, after that show, damn. Um, yeah. Uh... Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Yes Androgyny. This is the podcast where two non-binary slash trans improvisers and best friends since middle school discuss gender through improv. My name And sit is down together jo and drink some tea. How could you? Don't you dare. I think, Don't you take I think that away from me. I think it's been a long time since we've like, I mean, I am drinking tea right now. This is the first episode in about five episodes that I've actually been drinking And it's the tea. one you skip saying it? How well, but you're you? not. I'm drinking water, which is just was it just uh was it just a raw tea? Mm-hmm. It's diet tea. Diet tea. I'm I'm just trying to watch my figures, so I've just been drinking exclusively like diet tea. <laughs> um, uh, it, uh, Your name. Okay, fine. My name. My name is Charlie. Um, I use they/she pronouns, and with me, as always, is my greatest friend in the world my uh, my companion in the apocalypse yeah um, kind of <laughs> in the yeah in the oncoming literal actual end of the world especially if you're trans <laughs> that's happening right now uh, my nbn arms why don't you introduce yourself my friend hello yes my name is ari noble i go by he they pronouns and despite the end times, I'm feeling pretty good. Isn't that weird how that happens? I had a terrible week a few weeks ago, and now I'm having a good week, even though it's a really bad week. My week has nothing to do with the world, even though I am very worried about the world. I am trying to practice self-care and focus also simultaneously on my own needs, and it has been very helpful. May, may I ask, what, what would you say is your secret for how because this also happened in you know 2016 you and I were living together there was a lot of panic around the election and you were obviously worried about it but I feel like you were capable of kind of holding yourself together what what is your secret how do you how do you you are Joel you're literally I'm Joel, Joel. And there's how, a couple how, couple how do reasons. you do it the first is objectively the privilege that I have not been personally, my life hasn't fallen apart. I'm aware that if my life was personally falling apart in that moment, I would probably have a little bit harder time keeping everything together. I think for me, what it really comes down to is there during the times where things get really bad in the world, I find those are the times that I become the most hyper aware of just how fucking kind and loving and supportive my community of people are. And mm. to me, it's like, 
That's what Joel didn't have. That Joel didn't have. It is Joel didn't have community. Uh, I can count the reasons I should stay. One by one, they all just make me gay. Uh, I find excitement and validation in helping people and trying to make a difference tangibly during these times in particular. And I recognize that, as one person once told me recently, are you are like a walking antidepressant. Uh, which was a nice thing. That was a nice thing to hear. Cause I was, I, I brought them like a, th- a, a treat. I brought it to them. I was like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. And they're like, ah, I really needed that. And it's like the easiest answer is just go watch everything everywhere all at once. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. What you got? What, what, what's going on? What you doing on my property? Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, my hands are, are in the air and uh, don't worry. I'm not one of those guys. I don't, I don't, I don't own a gun. I'm turning around 180 degrees and presenting my bottom. As <laughs> a classic sign of deference, <laughs> the the classic sign. Now, now you know I'm a, you know I'm a bottom. You know I'm not going to hurt you. Oh, thank God! You can see you can still see the red handprints plastered across my white taut derriere. Real quick, I'm gonna open my mouth and I just need you to spit, just to show how much I am not a threat to you. So I'm just not, spit I'm, right into my mouth. Look, I used to do that. That's a, I mean, that's a classic. It's a, cl- a classic Louisiana greeting, but I, uh, I'll be honest with you. Ever since COVID, ever since COVID hit, I just don't feel safe spitting in or being spitting at or being spat in. Hey, sorry. Uh, sorry there. Uh, uh Mike, uh, yeah. were you talking about, were you talking about me? Your aunt Louise? Uh, yeah. Uh, were you talking about me? Your aunt Anna? Yeah, Louise. The two Deanna. ladies, the two strong ladies that raised you here in in Delaware. Here in Delaware, <laughs> born and raised. Oh, you're such a you're such a good guy, Mike. You're yeah. like a walking antidepressant, Mike. Oh gosh, well this this gentleman here was just sowing me his derriere, his derriere in Delaware. We used we used to say. Mmm, a classic, a classic, classic way of indicating that a man is not a threat in in New Orleans. <laughs> Where, where Louisiana, where Louisiana are from? <laughs> now, what did you come to the property for? I feel like we haven't gotten to any sort of conversation. There's been no point to any of this. What, what are you doing here? Well, it's uh, your your aunt actually just just said it. Um, I have come from a land far away. I've traveled for miles and miles because I have heard tell of a walking. Antidepressant, uh, a human antidepressant. Uh, Not actually. Uh, uh, I think you're talking about my third aunt, depressant. My auntie. Her name is Depress. Her name is Depress. It's my auntie Depress aunt. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Hello, it's me, Auntie it's Depress me, aunt. Depress. It's me, Auntie Depress, comma aunt. <laughs> or call it, call an aunt. It's a uh, colon ants. Do I? Just check my bottom real quick, because I do have a problem with that. <laughs> nope. Looks sounds like a. This seems like a false alarm to what me. What do you What do you want to talk to to anti-depress for? Well, I've just heard that this family, this wonderful magical family, can cure can cure my my deep deep sadness and. The world being what it is, I'm just having so much trouble holding myself together. Well, we Especially do have a couple... me, a weak, a weak little bottom. <laughs> we do have a couple options. Um, we got we got fluoxetine, we got peroxetine, 
couple couple yeah, different we also we also we recently got approved for ketamine so you're telling me that i've come all this way journeyed across desert across mountain i fought i killed i betrayed my own brother and all and i and and all this time this was just a pharmacy i mean it sounds like you just did all the things one needs to do in the american healthcare system to get assistance <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you checked your insurance? Maybe. Look, the having to kill your own, betray and kill your own brother, that's that's only going to be under some of the more, the, the higher deductible plans. Sounds like you just have a bad plan there. <laughs> Welcome to the American healthcare system, buddy. <laughs> I guess, I guess I might as well just start. I see you have a graveyard over here. Is this, do I just dig my own hole? That's actually, uh. That's actually where we we uh, we plant the the whatever the plant is that makes ketamine. I don't remember which one it is. It's something. Oh, honey. Oh, Mike. Oh, Mike. You're not the brains of the operation. That's okay. You bring so much else to the table. Your ebullient optimism and your strong uh, dom energies. You're yeah. such a top. You know that's what we always say about our nephew Mike. Traitor oh, of such a, a top. A, tr a top. A traitor of patience. All right, yeah, I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is how I have kept the bright light going in these dark times. No, um, yeah. So I've, I have, I have not been having a very good week, and I have not been holding myself together very well. And I think the real problem, well, there's a lot. There, there are the a lot one, of problems. I would say the one problem is. Uh, is the woke mob. Yeah, well, I think my brain has just been poisoned by wokeness. I think I think that I'm just I'm I've I've suckled at the teat of, you know, smug social justice bullshit and the milk uh tasted so good. I just love sucking that milk, but it has left me it has left me parched and famished and it provided no real sustenance. Yeah, here's the thing. Times are really bad, but I'll tell you another thing that kind of gives me some hope during this time because it's kind of my 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 whole thing. People aren't as uh I mean obviously there are lots of people who are disturbingly excited about eradicating other people. But let's be honest, they always have. They've turned to trans people, but it was black people before and then before I was it was another thing. There's always some I was not other thing I was like it's always been black people. Um <laughs> and sorry, I do want to get to your hope, your hope note in a second. Yeah. But the thing that is difficult right now about being trans is how few people outside of the trans community are even willing to acknowledge that there is a meaningful hate movement. You're allowed to just go onto a national stage and say, we need to eradicate these people, and there are no consequences. And there's just something I very um, disturbing about that. I mean, I say there's something disturbing about that. Like, oh, but what could it be? Yeah. What about that? What could it be? What about that is so terrifying? I have never been under the illusion. And maybe this comes from having an well, parent, an immigrant parent. You're uh, under the delusion. Like like we both control. are. <laughs> I mean, this feels in, this feels inevitable to me. It's it's in the pattern of humanity that there's always a group of people. I went to this. Yeah, but, I was but in, okay, okay, but still waiting to see the hope. <laughs> like, yes, I was in, well. I was in Asheville. 
I was in Asheville with this, my mom, and we went, met this lady. This woman had a pinup calendar, right? Of women from the 50s. And mom's like, oh, this is so cool. I love that. I actually really want to get a pinup of a, uh, I, want, no, I want Mark to get a pinup of me on his back. And the woman's like, oh, I've got a pinup girl on my, on my leg as a tattoo. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I, and I said, oh, man, mom, you should get, you should get a pinup of Mark on you. <laughs> and then my mom's like, ah, it's different. I'm like, eh, is it really different? We were joking. And then somehow. I mean, that would really, by the way, just, that would really be a dark Mark. <laughs> <laughs> the other woman who worked this shop kind of was like, turned a conversation to drag queens. She kind of was like, yeah, I don't, I'm worried about the kids. And I'm like. But surely you don't think that, like, drag queens are targeting children. You don't think that. You know that they're not. She's like, no, 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 no. But, you know, like, I worry that, you know, there are these kids end up in these places that are, like, sex clubs and strippers. And I don't think they should be there. And in my head, I'm like, okay. I only realized 30 minutes later after I left that I should have mentioned Hooters. Uh, God, that is the story of my life. I can't think of a situation where I've not left and then, like, 30 minutes after leaving been like, I should have brought up Hooters. I should have. I felt that way. Hooters. I felt that way at uh, my my custody hearing. I felt that way um, after I briefed the president of the United States. I felt that way, of, of course, after I I had my dog put down. I was I, and I was talking to the vet, and the vet was like, "Yeah, I'm just." I'm I'm horny and hungry all the time, and I I was like, yeah, I'm just really sad about my dog right now, and I don't want to talk about this. And then I realized, like, I should have mentioned Hooters because maybe then the vet would have been happy with me, and maybe maybe he would have tried harder to save my dog. And I think my dog is dead because I didn't mention Hooters. I have a very relatable experience. It's, I'm exact same way. I remember this one time I was with my friends, and they said, "Where should we eat that has?" Sex, sexy people, and I didn't think of the word Hooters till thirty minutes later. Exactly the same situation as you. Um, anyway, I mean, my dog just seems so healthy going in. <laughs> <laughs> he went in for a he went in for like a stubbed toe. Yeah. I don't really know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, all that to say, here's the hope. I realized when I talked to this woman, she doesn't hate queer people. Not written, no, she doesn't. She simply didn't understand. And that's obviously been true throughout human history, that they target the ignorant. But here's the difference between the history and now. While there will always be assholes out there, about 30% of humanity will always be fascists. We just know that. We can't control that. The difference between now and World War II is the internet. People don't actually like the woke war very much. They've been doing a lot of, like, polls of just general fucking independence and Americans, and most people are like, why are Republicans so obsessed? I don't, I don't understand why they're obsessed with this. You were terrified about DeSantis winning. <laughs> yeah. DeSantis is not going to win. The primary, even. This man is so fucking pathetic and uncharismatic. Trump wasn't. DeSantis is a wet dish rag, and even on conservative forums, people are like, oh my fucking god, this guy's such a fucking loser. He wears fucking white boots, like white, like knee-high boots in the rain. He, like, eats... Put He's just not a charismatic man. Apparently... A lot of his donors are now saying, uh, we want our money back. He's just not very compelling. So in the long run, I think there's going to be a lot of problems for queer people. There always have been. But I think what's actually happening is that they are pushing very hard during a time where they're not being subtle about it. And they're just radicalizing two or three generations permanently against them. That's but how I I, I don't know. I don't know. The internet is a double-edged sword, though, when it comes to the information, right? Because it's a way of getting information out. But it's also 
unprecedented in its ability to distribute propaganda. And I, you can see, you can see it. And it's, it's scary to me because I see it in like these little day to day interactions on TikTok, where you will see like, you will see the transphobic mo movement kind of shift to some sort of new talking point. And like some some politician or JK Rowling will say something, right? She'll say, she'll say adult human female. And then suddenly, or you know, what is a woman is like was like the a big one, right? When when they realized that asking the question, what is a woman, was like a good dog whistle, suddenly like the comments on our TikTok, and our TikTok's not even that popular, and especially big, popular trans TikToks, flooded with like, well, tell me what a woman is then. Like, people, the mimetics of hate are also spreading faster than they did previously. And so, I don't actually think they are spreading. I don't think they're spreading faster than they were before. Absolutely they are. They have to be. I don't, I think they've always been like this. I think the, I think the difference, I think it's actually a weak point on their front. I think it is... I think the fact that they're having to jump from dog whistle to dog whistle so constantly prevents the movement from having any sense of uh, common cause. I think that it is chaos. I think that it is for the memes. I think that young people, I think they fucked up by correlating a party between hatred of a people who a lot of people don't know with the same party that shoots kids. The Republican Party has one goal, and that is to get more people interested in their party while also trying to make it harder for young people to vote. The problem is it's very hard to convince people that queer people are killing your kids when your kids are being shot in schools, and the kids fucking know that. I'm The kids are all right instead of alt-right. Um, my hope doesn't come from the fact that I don't think bad things are going to happen. My hope is that I always fucking thought bad things were going to happen. My family had to fucking flee Iran. My cousin wasn't allowed in the fucking bathroom when she was in high school because she was Baha'i. My dad was punched in the face because he was brown when he was in his choir class when he was in high school. Yeah, the difference is people maybe will give maybe more of a shit, frankly, because white people are being affected for the first time. And brown people aren't surprised. Right. So the real problem is that you are a brown person who grew up in a really tumultuous household and i'm <laughs> i'm a white woman and I, and I had great parents and everything seemed cool everything seemed so well, frankly cool your son and is fine growing up you also you also worried about trans people your whole life as soon as you knew about them you did want them to be okay but then you found yourself thrown into the boiling pot of water while it was already fucking boiling. You didn't even have a chance to, like, get used to it. You were thrown but in the fucking about, deep end. But what about me? And that's me? fucking hard. What about me? But now I'm in danger. Now I'm in danger. And like, so it's different now. It's scary. But you, shouldn't feel, but you shouldn't feel bad. You shouldn't feel bad for feeling that way because the truth of the matter is that's why we win. Mm. Because they're not just fucking targeting the what they consider the outskirts of community. Like, I mean, think about it. I was a brown they person who was in elementary middle school after 9-11. They win because my parents have money. <laughs> like, they win because... They win because... They win because... No, I see what you're saying. Hey, listen, I want to say... I'm saying we win because... I'm on they're targeting. They're targeting normal, like, average suburban people rather than what they consider to be outskirt people like me. Yeah. I will say I want to be careful. I do want to be careful because, like... Like, there, there can't... I don't think this is what you're saying, by the way. I'm more clarifying for oh, the I'm sake of the, the podcast that there can be uh, a, a, a... There can be an implication sometimes that, like, the trans movement is... 
has like a like a significantly higher percentage of privileged people as part of it. Oh no, um, not no, no, at I just, all. Yeah, I just want to be clear that like yeah, intersectionality. A lot of the I'm people actually are in a huge minority. I'm in a huge minority of trans people. As ironic, is it not that you're in a huge minority? <laughs> well, my my minority is the only huge thing about me. Um, <laughs> except for my bottom. Look except at for oh no, the ants are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> the ants go marching oh, one by one, well, one out of my butt. <laughs> listen, Christ. listen. I, I just want to be clear. This is how we win. I just want to be clear when we're talking about like you know they're targeting <laughs> suburban people. Like they're they're all like the trans community. Not no. Yes. I want to be clear when I say that. I'm I talking know. about the shootings. I'm not I know talking about the trans. I'm talking about. I know. I'm talking about the targeting suburban kids in schools. That's what yes. I mean. The fucking NRA is the reason that they're losing. Yes. That's my point. The NRA is the reason that they're going to I just wanted to make sure that it was clear. I knew it was clear. It's clear to you. It's clear, sure it it's clear, clear to everyone. Yeah. Um. Charlie and I referencing our own skits because we're, we're silly. We're silly children. I want to be very clear. This is what I want to say to you, Charlie's person. One on one to one. The ants go marching one to one. One to one. Yes. Out of my butt. Out of your butt into the fire. Um, <laughs> I want to say. That was the, that was the worst that, chapter of The Hobbit. <laughs> the I wanted to make a hobbit with my bottom. I couldn't do it. <laughs> the bottom. Um, I wanted to say that you have you have been experiencing a lot of quick change, and I think that part of what you're experiencing here, I'm going to say something that again, you're allowed to cut us on a podcast. This might be too personal about your your growing up situation. Ooh. I just I'm talking going to get personal. Your family, your family has a lot of depression. Yeah, and the world validating that depression can create a like cyclone of grief and despair. Yeah. And my mom and I don't, we were abused. We don't have depression. And my mom right now is spending nearly every second of her life on the phone with fucking prisons in California to help some of my sister's queer friends who they they shouldn't be in there and they're being put in there because they're queer and my mom has been basically this warrior fighting for them i my mom just lost her fucking daughter who was trans in what is obviously a trans hate crime all of my sister's friends are in prison dealing with the fallout of my sister's death and they're all trans too and my mom's fighting for them all and i look at my mom who is you know who five years ago was an ally for sure, but still learning a lot, still had a lot of blind spots. And I see who she is now and how my mom has become such a strong warrior for this movement. And to see how for all the bad people we see online who are always have been the fucking dregs, the fucking mean trolls, they're just always there. There actually are a lot. It's like the Mr. Rogers thing, right? Look for the helpers. You and have been someone who has tried to help other people in as many ways as you can. And your family have done a lot of good for people. And you're genuinely one of the, the, the coolest fucking people I know. I could focus on the DeSantis's of the world, but they always will exist in their fucking slime. I don't give a fuck about the DeSantis's. I am hopeful because there's one fucking DeSantis out there who is this loser model for a bunch of idiot people. And then I look at my mother, who is as much a fucking person as DeSantis is, and how much good that that woman is doing, and how much good you are doing. I will say, when you when you frame the the conflict as your mother versus Ron DeSantis, 
I definitely feel like we have we have a fighting chance. Like when you frame the <laughs> conflict as like the well, that's how it fucking feels. The bastion, right? like the, for every the, fucking... ba the absolute bastion of of goodness and grace and like um, doing the right thing in the face of enormous odds versus the silly man in the white boots. The silly man <laughs> who does everything he does with no actual conviction. He doesn't believe in anything. Fascism is like a dragon that is trying to hoard all the gold. God, we cannot stop talking about the Hobbit. The Hobbit. But let's think about it. That dragon isn't gonna, isn't trying to spend any of that money. These fucking you know these billionaires aren't trying to spend their money. These fascists aren't trying to achieve a. They keep saying they want to achieve a perfect society. They don't. There's no such thing. They don't actually want one. Inevitably, here's the thing. We know that they're going to lose. Of course they're going to lose eventually. Fascism always has to lose by its very nature. I do want to say, I th I, I'm i not trying to just like play devil's advocate. No, it's important to understand. I'm not trying to like undermine how scary Hitler they are. Hitler was a loser, right? That's one thing that has been acknowledged throughout history. Like, 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 yeah, that's and, true. And but like, I agree, fascism loses in, in a grand historical sense. Fascism is a loser ideology. But the question is not about fascism losing. It's about like, how many people it takes with it and how many victims, you know, are there before this particular form of fascism crumbles. And I think that f the idea of like, you know, yes, I think in a grand sense, you're right, but I, I worry what the cost the is one, going to be. The day to day that people, one of the completely incorrectly most acclaimed films in history was that stupid fucking what was that movie called uh the one that was like the triumph of the will has there ever been a single time where any fucking person has ever managed to make trump look remotely competent hitler had the entire media behind him and i'm not saying the media doesn't help trump but the problem is that the intro back then the only media that really could exist verbally was very controlled there were no cameras anywhere right but to your other point, which was how many people go down along the way. Well, this is why I mentioned everything everywhere all at once. I couldn't stop the slow march of fascism anywhere than anyone else could inevitably. Any 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 more than though. anyone all at once everywhere could. Anyone all at once could. But <laughs> like uh like the guy in everything everywhere all at once says, the best way for us to fight is to do the opposite of what they do. I am scared out of my fucking mind. I'm horrified by what I'm reading, but I choose actively to be hopeful and optimistic and fight for positivity because it's literally the one thing they're incapable of doing. Joel. Joel. Yeah. We... Yes, Ellie. As you can see, I've raised my voice a little bit because I'm trying to sound a little less uh, hyper-masculine, but I can't make your voice that much higher. Yeah, I mean, you're doing real good considering we don't have access to a, any kind of special voice coach. And I think... No, I've just been doing this by myself, looking in the mirror. I think you're doing great. Um, and look, look, look over the horizon. We, we made it to the Lonely Mountain, Joel. <sighs> All this journey. To f I, I, I forget what Bilbo was doing. Oh, yeah, trying to get the Lonely... That's why he was trying to get the Lonely Mountain. He wasn't trying to destroy the ring. Um, <laughs> what ring? Ring, ring. Sarah's on the phone. She says... She says seven days? She says you will die in seven days? No, my daughter would never say something like that. She was a beautiful... <laughs> Beautiful child. <laughs> Joel, Joel, I did see your daughter hanging out by that well. Or I thought I saw her. She looked real creepy. Because it's the ring. <laughs> this world's full of horrors, Ellie. You probably saw things. 
You know what I keep thinking I see? I keep thinking I... I keep thinking I see a dragon in that there mountain, but then I realize that dragon is just my, my crippling depression. <laughs> and, and, and look, like, right, right here, in the, right here at the, 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 in, in the cave, this is where the, the treasure was supposed to be, but instead of a pile of treasure, I just see a piece of paper. Let me, let me unfold this. It just says, community. Wait, wait, fold the paper up. Wait, it's a, it's like a, it's a fortune. Oh my God, they're bringing back community. That's what's gonna, the community movie. That's what's gonna bring us all together. <laughs> they got Donald Glover back, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. So the answer, the answer is to form community, get Donald Glover back and not bring back Chevy Chase. And that is how we save ourselves from fascism. Well, I mean, wait, you mean the one where my, you mean the one where my, uh, my daughter was? <laughs> Um, all right. What about that? Well, all right. We need to we need to wrap this up. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge kind of where we're at, and I think we have. I think that I definitely am going to mull over everything that you have said because I think it's an an, an important perspective, and I think it also speaks to why it's important to have a pretty diverse array of perspectives when discussing these issues and speaking of a diverse array of perspectives um this week's trans wreck tran wreck which is of course the segment where i recommend a trans creator my tran wreck for today is the youtuber Jumbo, who they describe themselves as the cool fun millennial auntie uh on their channel and they basically do like pretty uh they do like kind of laid back vlogs analyzing uh online culture and just various aspects of culture um they are really funny and insightful um especially when it comes to discussing gender topics they did a video like a couple months ago that was talking about the way that like the the original like men are from mars and women are from venus was like a complete grift uh they're really really great and they also do a really good job of kind of what i think ari is attempting to do with this episode which is like i love the way you fra- i love i don't know why i love the way you phrased they're doing what ari's attempting. They, they do a good job of what ari was doing was doing i i didn't want to speak for what you were attempting but keeping the spark of hope and humor and particularly just hope in community alive while discussing some pretty dense dark topics um i mean what is the what is the point of this podcast more than to spread trans joy through the art of improv (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know that was our mission to that to that uh to that endeavor i don't know how successful we were today but uh, I. C- but I think it's important. But yeah, but like you think I think it's important to talk about. It is. I mean, we don't want to be ignoring know, it. We don't want to be there's like a big difference between being joyful and being obtuse about things. Yeah. Hopefully, this podcast. Um, you know, because we're on uh, what season f- three, four now. What are we calling this season? This is season. Holy. Anyway, I hope we get at least three more seasons in a movie. Hashtag six seasons in a movie. Yes, Androgyny. Hey! Thank you so much. We will see you. 
next time. 12 seasons at a theme park, baby. <laughs> yeah, let's shoot big, okay? We're shooting big. 500 seasons <laughs> and 500 seasons and kill God. 1,200 seasons and kill Sauron. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye-bye. Yes, Androgyny was conceived, recorded, and produced by Ari Noble and myself, Charlie Monroe. If you want more content or you care to support the show, we can be found at patreon.com slash yesandrogyny, where we will be posting an extra episode of bonus content, plus other fun surprises at least every off week. This show is co-produced by New 32 Productions, an independent North Carolina media company that Ari and I are both heavily involved with. You can find New 32 on YouTube at youtube.com slash new32, that's N-E-W-3-2. Our music was composed by Florify, F-L-O-R-R-I-F-Y, whose link tree can be found in the episode description. Our theme song is Riff in A by Garrett Stein Sarusi, who plays the guitar on the track, with additional arrangement, instrumentation, and mastering also by Florify. Our cover art is by the inimitable Izzy Pereira, who can be found on Twitter at Izzy Squeaksy. That is I-Z-Z-Y-S-Q-U-E-A-K-Z-Y. Lastly, but not leastly, Ari can be found on Twitter at Ari Noble Writes where they post about their myriad music and webcomic writing projects, including their epic fantasy adventure webcomic in the vein of Redwall. They co-created it with our cover artist Izzy, and it is posted weekly. So definitely check that out. It's super rad. Thank you guys so much for listening. That concludes the credits. See you in two weeks or sooner if you join our Patreon. Bye!